This is Around the Rim with LaChina Robinson. Fierce charge by Phoenix Lake. Diana hits that three to tie it. What's going through your mind as you had the ball in that last possession? You know, um, the play was obviously diagrammed to, to just make reads, um, and that's what our team did. They gave me the left side, so I just took it. And defensively on the other end, as you've done all series, came over, you know, disrupted the shot as a help side defender. What was the focus there? We just got to make things hard for them. I mean, even hard shots they make. So that's been our, our point all season is just make things difficult. Uh, Brittany's a hell of a player. Honestly, what flashed in my mind was three years ago when she hit that baseline or four years ago when she hit that baseline jump shot in my face and it ended our season. So we just try to make things tough, and that's what we did. You got a taste of winning the championship a year ago. You get to have a rematch now with the Minnesota Lynx. What are your thoughts on playing them again for a WNBA title? I think it's great for the WNBA. Um, the two best teams facing off, uh, that's the way it should be. All right, Candace, thank, thank you. you. That's the way it should be, says Candace Parker, who was talking to our Hall of Famer Rebecca Lobo after their Game 3 win against the Phoenix Mercury that allowed the L.A. Sparks to advance to the finals. And that's right. They're back. They're back. They're back. L.A. and Minnesota will face off in a best-of-five WNBA Finals kicking off Sunday, September 24th. At Minnesota, who will be playing at Williams Arena, uh, 3.30 p.m. on ABC. I am LaChina Robinson, and welcome to Around the Rim, your ESPN WMS basketball podcast, joined by, as always, my wonderful producer, Tarika Foster-Brasby. Now, Tarika, just how excited are you for this finals rematch? Like, just give us a taste. Well, I'm definitely going to be honest. I am one of those people who absolutely hate seeing rematches. Like, I just say to myself, why do we have to see the same team over and again? Oh, God. Tarika, don't be that person. But, but I was hoping that Minnesota and L.A. would meet each other again because these two teams are so dynamic. They truly are the best teams in the WNBA and I just have to see if they're going to be able to match what they were able to do last year because last year's finals was epic. It's going to be hard to top, man. It's going to be hard to top last year. But these two teams, I think, definitely are better. And, um, you know, we kind of felt it coming all season. Just to remind fans of what happened in the semifinals rounds, um, the Minnesota Lynx swept the Washington Mystics three games to none. The L.A. Sparks swept the Phoenix Mercury three games to to none um, in, in two best-of-five series. So uh, these two teams were obviously ready to go, and that means they've got they've got about a week off to prepare for their uh, WNBA Finals tip-off. But um, just to close the chapter for, for Phoenix, you know, the outstanding season for Sandy Brondello. I mean, when you look at the roster, that all they returned was Brittany Griner and Diana Taurasi, and Brittany Griner was missed significant time with injury. You know, so many uh, rookies on this team. Um, you know, they had big performances by Leilani Mitchell. It was the first year for Camille Little and Danielle Robinson on this team, the return of Monique Curry to this team. So there were so many moving pieces. And despite all that, um, you know, Sandy Brodell coached her team to the semifinals. So congrats to them on a great year. And then the Washington Mystics, who were the surprise 
I think, in the minds of of most people that they were able to get to the semifinals as the sixth seed, upsetting um, the New York Liberty after beating Dallas in the first round. And, I mean, Minnesota just had too much talent, you know, but it was great to see what Mike Tebow did with that team. I mean, various injuries there to nine games missed for Atlanta Deladon, um, you know, Taylor Hill out with an ACL. Uh, they had a lot of moving pieces and just trying to get a new team acclimated. Christy Tolliver coming over from L.A. And I just thought that Mike Tebow did an outstanding job. So congratulations to Phoenix and Washington on great seasons. But we're moving on. And in this show, we are all WNBA Finals fans. Stay right where you are. We've got uh, two-time WNBA champion and Finals MVP Katie Smith with us, who um, serves as the associate head coach for Bill Lambeer in the New York Liberty. We also have Maya Moore and Simone Augustus, who will join the show to give us their Finals preview um, and kind of how the team has been playing up until this point and then also you know, how they expect to get over the hump, which is the L.A. Sparks. Now, keeping in mind during the regular season, these teams met three times. Their first meeting was on July 6th, and that was at Minnesota at the XL Energy Center. Uh, the Lynx won 88-77. to And in that game, um, it was a lot of Renee Montgomery that I can remember um, who came in the game and was a game changer, had 20 points off of the bench. The teams played once again on August 11th. Um, and this time again in the XL Energy Center. And this game would go to LA 70 to 64. Um, something to note, Lindsay Whalen did not play in that game. She had a fractured left hand. She missed the last 12 games of the season. Uh, but that game, in that game, the Sparks were led by Chelsea Gray, who had 23 points. Boy, she's had an amazing season. Um, and Candace Parker also dropped 19 and 10 in that game. And then, uh, the deciding game three, the game that decided who would win the series between the two also went to L.A., this time playing at the Staples Center. Uh, the Sparks won 78-67. to And um, Candace Parker had 24 points, 10 rebounds. Um, again, Lindsey Whalen did not play in that matchup. So that's already an interesting piece for me, mm-hmm. is that the one time Minnesota lost to L.A. this se- excuse me, the two times they lost to L.A. in this season were both without Lindsay Whalen. So, and obviously she's a big piece of what they do. So, um, we've got a lot to talk about, and I'm going to shut up and stop talking, and we are going to head to the first quarter. First quarter. Hey, fans, it is time for our first quarter. Now, we've already told you that we have the rematch in the WNBA Finals between the Minnesota Lynx and the L.A. Sparks. And to help us talk about the matchup, um, we brought in a legend of the game of basketball. She is right now the associate head coach for the New York Liberty. Um, We are talking about a two-time WNBA champion, um, a WNBA Finals MVP, uh, one of the greatest players of all time. Please join me in welcoming none other than Katie Smith. Welcome, Katie. Thank you, Lejana. Hey, we are excited to have you because um, you have knowledge on knowledge. First and foremost, congratulations on the job you have done with New York. And I know what you're going to say. We didn't do what we wanted to. And congratulations may sound weird, but I've watched you in action. And you are just a, a tremendous coach and um, you know, the players just have so much respect for you. You're passionate about it. What has this transition been like for you um, from, from player to coach? And what do you like about it? 
You know, I really love still competing. Um, it's a lot harder on the other side being a coach. Like, it, it is truly a ton more work, a lot more preparation for things that may never even happen. Um, watching video, because you just have to be ready for anything, and you want your players to know that you've done your homework, right? I mean, you want them to know that they trust that you've you've paid attention, you've seen, you have ideas. Um, and then at the end of the day, you just want them to have success, both personally and as a team, which ultimately gives you success. But, I mean, you really care about them having a great experience on top of that success. So I've truly, truly enjoyed it. Um, you know, I love the game. At the end of the day, I love it. And as I said, I want them to have, you know, an experience that they're going to talk, you know, whether they win or not. Only one team wins the championship. But I want them to have that experience where they're like, oh, we had a blast. We competed. You know, we really gave it everything we had. So that's my goal. Um, you know, so far I've been really lucky to, to be with the staff and players that uh, really go out every day and, and enjoy what they do, but also work really hard. Well, we can see that you love it, you know, watching you on the sidelines. And then when I talk to the players, especially when we talk about defense this year, they were like, oh, no, Katie's all over it. She's got all the schemes covered. And I know that's you know, that's a lot because that is your identity of, of the New York Liberty. And that comes from, you know, Bill's pedigree. And he's given you know you a lot of that responsibility in terms of scouting. So um, hats off to what you guys were able to do. And I know uh, next year you'll be back stronger than ever. So let's talk about this matchup. Um, and and let me just preface this by saying you are very familiar with Minnesota in terms of the organization more than anything because you did play there from 99 to 2005. Um, you know Brian Agler well uh, from your days with the Columbus Quest. Did you play with him when you were with the Storm as well? Uh, with the Storm and also Minnesota. So I, uh, Oh, Brian that's right. Myself, um, <laughs> had, had many years uh, together. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you've got all grounds covered. You've got the Minnesota Lynx you played for. you got Brian Agler. So uh, I guess the first thing I, I would like you to weigh in on, what does it mean that we are now looking at a finals rematch, um, you know, that Minnesota and, and L.A. are again the top two teams in this league? What, what does that mean for those organizations? I, it's it's unreal. I mean, first of all, talent-wise, I mean, they do have some of the top players in the game. You know, the Olympians and players who have resumes uh, pages long. Um, you know, it's also a testament for what they've done during the regular season with the playoff format and then being one and two, being able to get those buys in the first and second round is, is huge also. Um, so, and that's to their consistency and their mental toughness and their the way they approach every every day. Um, so their hard work has paid off both they're talented, well coached, and at the end of the day, they're probably the most consistent teams um throughout the whole season. So going back to your days with Detroit, is is there a team that you would say you guys kind of maybe had a rivalry with? Like, is what is it like to live inside a, a matchup like this where, okay, you might have lost a championship, um, you know, beat them once, or just that team that continually mm -hmm. seems to show up? Oh, it, it's amazing because you don't need much to, to get you fired up for us. When I was in Detroit, Connecticut to a, a point was a little bit of a rivalry, but Indiana we usually bumped into and catch and those guys every, every time in the Eastern Conference Finals um, and really had battles um, and we were able to come on top. And then ultimately we ended up playing Phoenix um, in the finals and, and kind of had a little rivalry. But the Eastern Conference, like Indiana and Connecticut for us, were kind of our 
Like, I mean, it just didn't, everybody knew each other so well. It's just about who may play, who's going to do the little things, who's going to just scramble around and get that stop any which way they had to. You know what I mean? However you can is just get the job done. Yeah, because you start to know each other so well. It's like, where are the advantages? And speaking of knowing each other so well, um, you know, these two teams met three times in the regular season. The first game, July 6, L.A. beat, uh, excuse me, lost to Minnesota. Minnesota beat L.A. 88-77, to um, and that was at the XL Energy Center. And then these two teams would play again, and it's funny because everyone was like, oh, they don't play till July 6. Um, and then they played again August 11th, and it was this time it was L.A. who beat Minnesota 70 to 64 and then towards the end of the season in a pivotal matchup um, they met again in in this time in LA and it was the Sparks who won a game that could have decided the regular season had um, had Minnesota it could have decided the regular season had Minnesota not won their last three games, which they did. And I, I failed to mention their second game was also in Minnesota. But when you watch those teams match up, Katie, what what matchup stands out to you the most? You know, it's probably probably Elena Beard, maybe on Whalen. Um, if that's who you know she ends up, I think Whalen is the she's the, the head of the whole monster. You know what I mean? I think herself and Brunson are kind of that mental slash uh, underground base. You know what I mean? It's the foundation of your team. And if you can contain well and not allow her to get going, you know, or set people up, um, but also try to go at her on a defensive end, you know, make her play on both ends, um, try to get a couple fouls on her. But I think, you know, A.B. Uh, and well, and if that's the matchup, and then obviously – Candace would probably do her thing, but I also think Neca is crucial. Is keeping you know, kind of keeping her in wraps, basically, because she's going to an offensive rebound here and there, just like the championship game last year in Game Five. I mean, those little plays is her forte, and that's where she'll kill you. So probably that matchup for LA, and then obviously you know, many as I said, Whalen, I think, and then somehow containing fouls, making her earn her buckets, not allowing her just to just duck in deep and get easy buckets. He's just making her work for everything that she gets. You know, you make a good point about Lindsey Whalen because we mentioned those previous matchups in the regular season. She did not play in the last two matchups against L.A. because of that broken hand, which she did return from in, in the playoffs. But obviously that's significant in terms of Minnesota being at full strength. You mentioned Sylvia Fowles. You've been watching her play, uh, you know, for a long time. What did you see from her this year in this in this MVP season that you hadn't seen from Sylvia before? It's just a consistency. I mean, she goes out every game, every possession, tries to make her presence felt. Um, I think that's what's, you know, really changed for her ever since she's gotten to Minnesota is just that, you know, Reeve and her teammates, you know, coaches and her teammates have been able to get that from her where she doesn't take possessions off. She is flying around on the defensive end. She's cleaning things up. And then on the offensive end, she's a problem. I mean, she's she's big enough, strong enough, and more athletic enough to, to pin you and keep her on your back. Um, you know, she can shoot the jump shot, but she also she can get the ball wherever she wants. So I just think her consistent – energy and effort on both ends has really just been because I mean she has the physical tools but the consistency that she does it with is a is a very hard to deal with um, game in and game out yeah she really and, and she mentioned this that 
you know, one thing she had to lose was her emotional response to things not going right. You know, she mm-hmm. said, Cheryl told her, listen, you're going to have to just get over the little things that go, don't go well. And still admitted, she said, hey, that's the way I'm wired. Like if some, if I don't do something perfectly or the way I want to, mentally I could get completely out of my game. But she said that, mm-hmm. you know, Cheryl had helped her uh, to kind of get past some of that, which, you know, it's next play. That allows you to be mm-hmm. more effective throughout the course of the game, as you mentioned, um, and it can allow a player to show more consistency. Okay, put your defensive hat on. If mm-hmm. you are coming up with the scout on on how to stop each of these teams defensively, what what is your one key um, or one player to shutting down, and how do you do it? What are some what are some strategies, some X and O's that you would use against each of these teams? You know, I think uh, with um, L.A. has the, guard, the guards who can pressure Whalen and Montgomery. I think both of those guys you should pick up early, and that'll force probably Simone to bring the basketball up some, uh, maybe even Gia Perkins. But I think turning them, making them work the whole game, uh, they don't want that. They they want to bother people off and on, especially Montgomery, but I think make them work for the whole the whole bringing the ball up. And then on the other end, is just be active on fouls. Don't allow her to get in your body. So I think NECA and uh, Candace do a nice job. Even Lavender flying around, not just staying behind, allowing her to catch it and duck in, showing her numbers to the guards. So flying around, three-quartering, just not allowing her to feel you and making it, they have to make a perfect pass um, to her to get her the basketball. Um, you know, Maya, obviously, she's going to hit tough shots. You know, she's going to take tough shots. She's going to hit tough shots. But just be in her space and not allow her to get those easy ones and pick her up early in transition. Um, on the other end, you better put a body on somebody. You better be able to contain um, off the dribble. Brian is constantly saying, you can hear him saying, move, move, move. They constantly cut. They constantly drive and kick. They're always back cutting. I swear when you turn your head, the bigs are back cutting. Um, they just have some really dangerous folks off the dribble. Um, and obviously Chelsea Gray has great vision, can score it. So they're just going to – they're going to be flying around, and they're going to, you know, for Minnesota, you got to keep people in front. Try to keep them perimeter, you know, the folks that you can, but try not to keep them out of the paint. So it's just going to be one of those kind of shell-type games um, and then box out. Shoot, that's a full scout report. I can go out and coach. <laughs> I, I can go out and coach the game now. <laughs> I no, love it. I love it. Executing. That's, that's the hard part is you can see things, but then going out there and, like, imposing your will that is the hardest part like you know because it's still hard when they you know they're out there playing so again that coaching side we should go out and do it (laughs) right then you got to go and execute it well you've won at every level of the game i mean you're you're you've got gold medals in your at home and trophies and mvps and all that stuff um what what does it take for a player to perform at their highest since you've been a finals mvp what does it take right now? What separates, you know, players that are able to be effective, uh, you know, during a final series and those that may look back with regrets? Like, what do you, what do you remember about your finals um, MVP that you would advice you would give to another player getting ready to start? It is a, you know, confidence, but it's it's probably the preparation and, and, and what you've done over your, not only the season, but over your career of, of knowing your capabilities, knowing what you bring to the table, and then going out there and just, like, it's another game in a way. Like, you almost want to trick yourself and say, not put too much pressure. There is, you know, anxiousness, you know, like, I want to perform. You know, I don't want to, I want to do my part, but it's more of that, like, I can't wait to go out here and execute and, and do the things I know I'm capable of. So I think it's the preparation and knowing 
your abilities, but then also trusting your teammates that you're going to be put in the right spot or you're going to put them in the right spot. Um, and at the end of the day, enjoying the moment, just knowing that it's that it's that confidence. It's that I can do it. I can hit that shot. I want the ball. I want to make the decision. So there's that embracing the moment. And as I said, I think the preparation and trust that you have, you know, built not only that season, but in, in that uh, the whole your whole career kind of comes through. Well, I will say that you embodied that as a player. I mean, you never lacked for confidence. You always embraced the moment. You know, your your emotional energy, your team fed off of that. Um, you know, I, I just, we enjoyed watching you play. Now we're loving, you know, what you're doing in coaching as well. So another part of this equation that you have a better understanding than most of us uh, is Cheryl Reeve and, and how mm-hmm. she works. And she was on the staff when you were in Detroit. Um, what is it about Cheryl? And obviously people, as as the years go on, like she's different as a head coach maybe than she was as an assistant. But what is it about Cheryl that you think has allowed her to leave Minnesota to having this level of success? She's just real. Like, she's demanding, but she's also enjoys it. Like, she can laugh. She can, you know, enjoy the moment. She can, you know, be a smart aleck. She can – but she, she demands of herself, but also is just – understands how to let things go and doesn't dwell on it, but she just puts in the work. But I think she's just – to me, I mean, she does have qualities of Bill and then herself. Like, it's – like I see her sometimes in her comments, and I'm like, man, I got that. I mean, I'm like out of that same tree. <laughs> and then you know, she was also <laughs> under you know Dan Dan Hughes and you know the folks that she's been you know kind of mentored by. But I just think she's kind of got this no nonsense, like doesn't get too emotional. I mean, she does when she throws her jacket, but not like <laughs> the highs and lows of like you know. She's just like, yo, get it, get it done. Like, do your job. Yeah, and expects right. that from her people. She expects it from herself. She's got a great staff. So I just think that is appreciated by players when you kind of allow them to be their own identity, um, and but demand of them both mentally and physically, and then you're able to kind of flourish in that environment. And I just think that's what she does, and she's she's easy to talk to. She was always my go-to. You know, when I was like, man, what am I supposed to run? What can I call? Um, and she just has a way about it that just kind of puts it at ease and, um, you know, has an answer and you go from there. And what in that same vein, give us just um, some insight into Brian Agler as a head coach. <laughs> you know, he's, you know, he's, he's changed a lot since my days in the ABL <laughs> with the quest. <laughs> um, but he's definitely like defense, like everything I learned and a lot of my philosophy on defense comes from Brian. Um, and, and also some of the offense where, you know, we used to run like a five man motion, which I feel like he's kind of gone and gone back to is with all that motion and team that he has. He also has the personnel because you have forwards and, and post players who are very agile, put on the floor and shoot it. Um, he's just no nonsense. And he's also a similar to like Bill and Reed where you, you just demand what you demand, but it doesn't, you know, you can people can snap back, people at the heat of the moment, but it doesn't go any further than that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He yeah. allows you to really be you. He expects you to put out maximum effort, to be locked in, to do your job. Then at the end of the day, you know, play together. It's it's just like they keep it simple um, and, and really allow you to flourish with your own skill set within the framework of the team. So as I said, they, very, they all have very, you know, kind of similar characteristics maybe with, Something, you know, like Brian, maybe I'd say he's a little bit more defensive-minded, um, you know, than Reed. But then again, she's kind of got it all, too. So 
they're all, as I said, a lot of them have a lot of similarities, and obviously that's why they are um, they had the success that they've had. Yeah, awesome. Now, um, last question for you, um, and I don't want to put you on the hot seat, but you know, <laughs> we want uh, fans want to see New York in this position at some My, point. Yeah. You know, back in the finals, <laughs> what is it going to take um, from you guys collectively as a group to to make a push next year? You know, for us, I think we have a lot of the tools. Um, we just need some consistency when it comes to scoring. We just have to find easy buckets, um, and that's either taking advantage of, of reads um, when people are open, finding them quickly, getting out in transition. It's really hard to play against people's half-court defense. They know you very well. They take things away. So finding ways to get easy buckets, shooting free throws a little bit better, which we did. Um, so just being a little bit more consistent scoring, maybe shooting the ball at a higher percentage, and then on the defensive end, I think it's just working together as a team and correcting things on the fly, you know, really figuring out because you can put a scheme in, but things happen all the time and just covering for each other. And I think we do that pretty well. I mean, we're one of the best defensive teams, but just in those crucial moments of really just having each other's back. And at the end of the day, we got to learn, we got to box out better. So just those taking away easy opportunities for the other team is where we need to, um, you know, do a better job, but then also find an easier way of scoring uh, consistently, not having uh, droughts um, that sometimes can happen. But um, yeah, I thought we were right there, but tough one for us to swallow, but you know, we're going to keep working. Well, you, y'all had us licking our chops after that 10-game win streak to end the regular yeah. season. So, um, you know, it'll be good to see the, the city of New York, you know, finally get there and get another chance to to compete for a championship, you know, with a deep playoff run. Katie, you are the bomb.com. We thank you so much for joining us. Oh, I appreciate you guys. And give Logan some love. We are Team Logan <laughs> over here. So those that don't know, Logan is – is is Katie's pup now? I'm calling him a pup, but give us the specs on Logan. How old is Logan, and what 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 breed is he? He's a, he's a golden doodle. Um, he's 13 and some months, probably three or four months, and he's a, a sweet guy. A lot of people probably know him more than I do. I mean, than than me. Uh, he's been around the league since my uh, Minnesota days. So he's yeah. been he's been my road he's been my road dog since uh, I played in my Minnesota. So he's been a lot of spots. <laughs> Well, I can I can guarantee everyone. I, I got to see Logan and hang out with him. He is living the life, okay? He, he's making it. He's he's getting along, and, and Katie takes good care of him. So tell Logan we said hello. Thank you, guys. All enjoy right, the enjoy finals. the finals. You too. Second quarter, inside the huddle. Fans, it is the second quarter of our show, and when I tell you we're going inside the huddle, I know I always say this, this, but we're really going inside the huddle because we're going to have a WNBA Finals preview when none other than a former WNBA MVP and one of the greatest players um, in this league, Maya Moore. Welcome, Maya. Hey, hey, thank you. We're excited to have you, obviously, representing your Minnesota Lynx. Congratulations on making it back to the finals. People don't understand how hard this is to do, and, and your team has done it more in the last decade than anyone else. This season in particular, though, what did it take to get back here? Wow, yeah. I mean, you, you started off with exactly what it is. It's hard to do. Um, you know, every day that uh, we go through the regular season, uh, being uh, the Minnesota Lynx, everyone comes at us, I think, with their best. And, um, you know, that prepares us for the postseason um, so that once, by the time we get here, we feel really battle-tested. And so um, all the bumps and bruises and highs and lows of 
of the regular season has, has gotten us to this point, and I think um, we're playing our best basketball right now and, and, and still wanting to um, get to a point where we can play even better basketball, and so we're excited for this final series. I'm going to welcome in Simone Augustus, your teammate with the Minnesota Lynx. She is on the line with us now as well. Welcome, Simone. Hi, my good people. Hey. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on Around the Rim. Well, we started off with Maya, and I want to jump into something that, that she just talked about. You know, she said, we're battle-tested. And when you look at the course of this season, you guys have had um, some things to fight over, whether that's Lindsey Whalen, uh, her injury, Rebecca Brunson, you missing a couple days, still breaking her nose. I mean, things happening kind of all over. Uh, what did you learn about this team, this year's team, through those ups and downs that will help you in the finals? Um, we're tough as nails, and, and we know how to adapt to different situations. Um, like you said, we've been presented with many different um, struggles and obstacles throughout the season, but some kind of way we figured out how to make things work. When Waylon was out, we, Renee stepped in and done an awesome job at, you know, filling in that position. But it was a bit of an adjustment period for us to figure out what's, uh, how to work with Renee in the starting five, as well as, you know, Sylvia breaking her nose. That's a toughness part of it. Like, she continued to play without a mask for a good extended, extended period of time. You know, um, you know, Bronson being out, that you know, that's a player that people don't talk about a lot, but she gives so much to this team just from hustle play to effort standpoint. And Planet had to step in and be that, you know, that be that person for us. So we have people that can step in, and that's just the beauty of our team, that we can, you know, man down, man up, you know, kind of uh, philosophy. Yeah, yeah and, and another change um, that I think uh, kind of flies under the radar is you guys played at the Excel Center for uh, this season, and now you're in the barn. You're in, you're in Williams Arena. Maya, I, I don't know about you, but I, I love the Target Center. But the vibe that I felt in the barn, that crowd was incredible. The sound was unbelievable. Like, what was it like playing um, on Minnesota's campus? Yeah, it, it definitely brought back some uh, some college uh, <laughs> memories and moments for me of just um, the crowd feeling a little bit closer and, um, you know, we were warming up. I was looking over at Simone when we were warming up for game one and they were getting started early with the who's house, our house, and it just felt like they were right on top of us. So it was just a really uh, cool, I think, feeling to, to know, like we have that extra energy from the crowd being, um, you know, I think even rowdier and feeling closer to us. So um, we've made it our own home court, and we're expecting it to be even better for the finals. And to recap for the fans in terms of how you guys got here, um, you did clinch that number one overall seed um, for the playoffs after having to win three games in a row. I mean, there was some pressure on you guys, uh, but you did get that number one overall seed, which means you have home court advantage through the finals. Um, in the semifinals, you matched up with Washington and, and swept them three games to none. And a big part of that, and you mentioned it, Simone, and I know you get asked about Syl all the time, uh, but was was Sylvia being named MVP in the midst of that? And she came on our show, and, and one thing she shared with Tariqa and I was that, you know, after last year's finals, she said she cried, like, almost every day because she felt like she didn't do enough. And, you know, she would reference that last shot that, that NECA made. Um, what what kind of uh, motivation do you think that has brought to Syl as a result of maybe what didn't happen last year? 
I mean, Seal is a is a people pleaser, you know, from her teammates to the coaches or whatever. So, you know, to have the season end the way it ended, you know, one rebound away and, you know, it just so happened to be her player that got the shot, like, it really affected her, um, you know, because she wants to do the best that she can for, for our team. And so it just motivated her. She was like, I would never have that letdown again. I didn't bother her after the season. I didn't talk to her about January, but when I did, I can hear that fire in her um in, in her in her voice like she was like I'm ready you know and I'm like I ain't really got much to say I was just checking in on you but uh you know I'm glad to hear I'm, I'm glad to hear that fire in your voice and I kind of knew that she was going to have a great season it's just a matter of like putting the eyes on her and seeing how hard she worked throughout the you know the um the preseason into the regular season and she kept it up even after all-star some players take a take a little dip you know because the all-star break if you don't get that break you know, like the other players do, you can kind of, you know, take a little break for yourself in the first few games back. But she never did. She hit another stride. She hit another level uh, when we came out of All-Star break. And that's just, you know, like I said, still just wanting to, to be the best player that she can be for her team and not letting her teammates down. Yeah, and, and and guess what? She gets another shot. Hey, basketball fans, stay where you are because in the beginning of the third quarter, we will continue our conversation with Minnesota Lynx, Maya Moore, and Simone Augustus. And keep in mind, if you want to be the first to get around the rim when a new episode is dropped, you can subscribe on either your ESPN app or Apple Podcasts. You can leave comments. You can rate us. And if you want to talk to Tariq and I via social media, we are both on Twitter. I am at LaChina Robinson. She is at SheKnowsSports underscore. Um, and hit us with the hashtag around the rim. We love your suggestions. We want to hear from our fans. And remember to continue to download us. Third quarter. Scouting report. So you guys are facing L.A. once again, this highly anticipated matchup that everybody's so excited about. And every year is different. And speaking of which, you know, during the regular season, um, L.A. won the series, but Lindsey Whalen did not play in two of those games. Maya, what, uh, just from a teammate standpoint, what is the difference between having Lindsey Whalen on, on the floor or not? Um... Well, I think it's 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 twofold. I think one is, you know, way way brings a, I think a comfort and just a a poise. Um, she brings a toughness, and um, she's just really good at giving getting everyone organized and um, and kind of clear on on what's going on. And so, it's not necessarily something one person can come in to replace way. It's just a matter of everyone kind of stepping up and being a little more aware and in tune of what's going on but I think the other part is um that one-two punch with with Waylon and Renee uh gets you know taken away um and so you know everything that Renee can bring um you know when Waylon's out and getting that rest um you know it's not as uh it's not as deep because uh, yeah. of the injury so it's it's just really fun to have both of our point guards um you know ready to go back in the swing of things in the rhythm of, of what we, we normally do and having Renee stepped in and played so well when uh, Boy was out is just adding confidence and adding, um, I think, just a readiness to for everyone. Yeah, she actually played well in the game you guys won the first game in the regular season over the L.A. Spark. She came off the bench mm-hmm. and really was major. Um, I thought she had a great overall year, but definitely found her stride when Waylon was out. 
Simone, uh, you know, we're calling this a rivalry. Take us inside of that and, and just your thoughts on you guys' games against L.A. As someone that plays in those games, what are what are they like? Intense. I mean, every game, whether regular season, I think if we was playing them in a the preseason, it would have been intense. Um, but, it's, I mean, it's great players all around making great plays. And that's what, uh, you know, basketball is about. That's what women's basketball is about. Like, that's what we've always done. So to be able to have that type of, um, you know, rivalry with L.A., uh, with the Candace Parkers of the world, the Neko Gumakes. Um, now you see Odyssey Sims is stepping up for that team and having, you know, great games throughout the stretch of what, they're on a 10-game winning streak right now. So, you know, uh, to be able to be that team, to face them in the finals and hopefully break that win streak and put a little pressure on them, uh, and you know, win that trophy, you know, it says a lot. And speaking of playing at a high level, I mean, we're seeing um, some vintage Simone Augustus play in the playoffs. Well, well, well. Um, you are just, <laughs> I mean, you, <laughs> you have turned back the hands of time on us. Uh, what, why are you feeling so good? Why, I mean, you just look like you have a, a new energy, a new bounce. I mean, what, what's working for you out there on the court? Besides yeah, the ready. crossover in the, in the besides the <laughs> crossover in the mid-range, go ahead. Yeah, my knees ready. My knees are ready now. Um, no, um, it's just a rhythm, a rhythm and a groove that you get into. Like this is a time of year where I mean, uh, all year long we've been going to Seal, we've been going to Maya, and Coach kind of turned to me and was like, you know, we're gonna need you to step up and 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 you know bring the old mom back. So I was like, you know, give me a few play calls or whatever you want to do. Put me in situations where I can be successful and I can I can do what I do. I've been doing it for twelve seasons now. Um, <laughs> and I've just, I just I feel like in the Washington series she was just like be aggressive and. I mean, I know one thing I can do for sure, and that's go get a basket or create for my teammates. So that's what I tried to do. Maya, I'll, uh, I got one more question for each of you guys, and then I'll let you go. Uh, Maya, I'll start with you. Um, what, if you had to give just one key of what it's going to take um, to beat L.A., and I know there are multiple, but what is maybe the one important thing, or I'll give you two if you have to, <laughs> that you guys will have to do to, to win this series and win another championship? Um, you know, really just playing team links basketball on the on the offensive end. Um, you know, that's when we're at our best. Um, when we can play um all of us together, click um clicking on the same page. Um just with a great rhythm and a great uh great poise. Um, I think will really set us up for success. Okay, I like it, I like it. Okay, Simone, same question for you. Um yeah, I just I like what Maya said. No, um, <laughs> just just playing together, just playing together um, is something that we when we do that, it's it's very tough to 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 beat us. Um, you know, taking care of the ball and things like that. We're not trying to give away game plans on your podcast. I know, I know. Ad, I know. The generic master energy. You know, execute <laughs> our game plan, and you know we'll come out with the victory. Okay, one more question for you, Simone. How how much is last year's loss in Game Five fueling your team, and what we'll, we're getting ready to see in the finals? Um, I think we all. I don't. Hmm, I'm trying to figure out. How to, I don't think last year. I mean, obviously, it, it plays in our mind, but that's not the fuel to to what we're trying to do here. What we talked about before when um. 
when you uh, did our game was, was the biggest thing. We have players that are getting to a point in their careers where they're ready to start a new life. And we want to send those players off with the right, with a ring on their finger where they can go and, you know, celebrate that with their family and friends and, and stuff like that. Uh, as opposed to like, oh, well, you know, keep harping on. We lost on the offensive rebound last year. Like, no, we have bigger things that we want to celebrate here. We have uh, bigger goals as far as, um, you know, sending Bronson home with a fifth ring, you know, sending Planet off, you know, me getting my fourth ring. Like, that's stuff that we focus on more than, you know, last year and what happened. I love it. Well, we already know that Planet announced her retirement. We're not taking any more retirement announcements, so you can go back and tell the team that, okay? So I don't want to hear about anybody moving on with their life or going on to the next chapter. Planet, okay, we well, had time to digest that. We're not taking any more announcements, okay? I just, so. I just bought my lotto ticket, so, you know, I'm going to talk to y'all later. Uh-huh. Hey, don't forget about me. Mo, don't forget about me over here if you do hit it big, okay? Ladies, thank you guys so much. Um, it's always a joy. You guys are, are excellent at what you do on the court, and, and, and you're even better people. Thank you so much for your time, and, and I'll see you guys on Saturday at practice. All right, thank you. Fourth quarter. Out of bounds. Fans, we just want to thank you again for tuning in for another episode of Around the Rim. And um, we're going out of bounds to just give you the playoff schedule because we want you to tune into all of the games. So game one, Sunday, September 24th um, at Minnesota at Williams Arena, the barn, 3.30 p.m. Eastern on ABC. Game two, Tuesday, September 26th, again at Minnesota, 8 p.m. Eastern, ESPN2. Game three will be Friday, September 29th. Um, at L.A., and that's 9 p.m. Eastern, ESPN2. Game four, if needed, because remember, this is a best of five. Game four would be Sunday, October 1st at L.A. at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. And game five, if needed, would be Wednesday, October 4th, L.A. at Minnesota. Um, So game five back at Minnesota, and that is 8 p.m. on ESPN. With that, Tariq and I just want to say thank you for tuning in to Around the Rim. We will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Around the Rim. Check out more podcasts from ESPN on the ESPN app.